the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Hey, everybody. This is Allison. I'm so excited to have you join me on the show today. And we have some passionate people joining us who have influenced the lives of other people. Uh, as, as we get started today, the topic of today's show is really communication and being able to even hold your own events. So even if you aren't in the event space, maybe you aren't planning and holding an event with two, 300 people, or maybe you are, I would like to just bring up that we all hold events every day. Anytime that we have a group of people, whether they be our children, whether they be people at work, whether they be our clients, and we're holding their attention, that's like a mini event. Well, and I would like to introduce Julie May to the show today. Julie is an A-list event producer. She's one of the members of my board for the Speakers Coalition. And I always joke with Julie. I have to, I have to bow down to her when she tells me how many people she gets at her events and how many people she's able to influence. So, so glad to have you on board with us today, Julie. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And all the way from Bernal, Utah. Right? That's right. All the way from middle of nowhere, Vernal, Utah. Vernal, Utah. Our other guest today specializes in communication, uh, and communication really is key. And I've seen this over and over again with the clients that I've worked with as I've gotten out into the world, as I've done more speaking. What it comes down to, you guys, is speaking and communication, the way we communicate with others really determines how successful we are. If we can't clearly communicate with people, then we will not have success in our life. So here to help us with clear communication is Scott DeMolin. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, Allison. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, now, Scott, you have worked with some top leaders in the industry on communication and really uh, helped them develop that. So uh, give us some names of people you've worked with, and I totally give you permission to brag. <laughs> well, I usually don't share them because every, most people do. Uh, and I can say that, you know, I, I, if you look at the book, Thinking Grow Rich, the gentleman in Thinking Grow Rich said, you know, I don't just want to study it. I'm going to go become partners with the best in the world. And I started that in 1989, uh, becoming partners with a guy named Tony Robbins and spent five years as, as a franchisee teaching, you know, both personal development and sales training. And then I, from there, became partners with people like Jay Abraham, traveled the world doing uh, events on, uh, as a panel, uh, an expert on his panels. And then uh, spent two years traveling with Bob Proctor, teaching the science of getting rich. So uh, other people like John Asraf and people that, that uh, I think are positioned as leading forethought experts, uh, thought leaders in the industry, uh, I just decided the best way to learn is to, to, to play with them. So that's what I did. Yeah, now I've, I've heard a few of those people before, <laughs> so you've definitely been with some of the big players, and that's interesting that you bring up that book, Think and Grow Rich. I, I happen to be in the middle of that book right now, and um, I just read the part about partnering with people and really using that to help grow your business. So I, I want to go down that rabbit hole for just a minute, and then we'll, we'll get, come back out of that rabbit hole. So tell me, you, you read Think and Grow Rich, and how did you decide who to partner with? 
Well, it was interesting because, you know, the day I was supposed to move into my house in Cincinnati, Ohio, I actually went to an all-day event with Tony Robbins, and uh, I'd never heard of him before, but I was standing in line for a Dale Carnegie franchise because I wanted to be in the training business. I wanted to contribute to people. I wanted to help other people achieve their outcomes and goals in business and in life, and uh, there was only 92 franchises, and then, you know, I went to Tony's Power to Influence one-day event in Cincinnati, Ohio. And at the end, he said something to the effect of, you know, we're selling franchises for trainers, to, for people to come in on board and, and, and help us grow our business. And I ran to the back of the room, bought a, you know, I signed up for a franchise, booked my tickets to come to California. And the day I was moving into my house, Allison, I actually told my realtor, said, just go ahead and sell it because I'm leaving. So I moved to California wow. and got my start. I just jumped in both feet. I knew it felt right, and I knew it was the thing I wanted to do for the rest of my life. You know, I heard a couple of key things in there. Number one, you jumped in uh, because you knew it was right. So you had that feeling. You jumped in. You didn't let fear hold you back. The other thing that I really like about what you're saying and uh, the whole concept of the Think and Grow Rich book is this. And I learned this at a recent conference. So I was recently at a conference. I was speaking in L.A., and there was a participant at that conference who kept saying, but I want to be different. I want to do things different. And so the teacher, mm-hmm. the trainer who had proven success was at the front of the room teaching all the students a formula for this proven success that not only had been used by them, that had been used by a lot of other successful people. And this person kept saying, well, what about this? Well, I want to do this different. And I finally realized, you know, the uniqueness doesn't lie in the formula. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. The uniqueness lies in what we have to bring to the table. So what I love about your experience is you saw somebody who was already succeeding. You said, hey, why should I reinvent the wheel? I'm going to hop on board, but now I'm going to bring my talents and and my passions and really make that the way that, you know, my program's a little bit unique. Would Would you say that's correct? Uh, yes, absolutely. In fact, there's two ingredients for success in business. One is to be unique, meaning you're not offering the same thing that every el- everybody else is offering. Otherwise, you show up as a commodity. The other is to provide massive value. And um, unfortunately, that's what a lot of speakers miss on. They figure just because they have a book cover or you know a good social media presence that they're going to be successful. And you want to make sure that you have something to back that up and you really create value for people. I think that one of the most inexpensive ways you can grow your business is to be positioned what we call as a trusted authority or expert and then leverage that by speaking to groups or audiences. So you want to be both unique Mm -hmm. enough and provide enough value so you get plenty of referrals and you can back it up and and you have a self-fulfilling funnel rather than spending a lot of money on marketing. I really like that. So name those two principles again. Number one was? Be unique and add massive value. Okay, great. So write that down. That is, is directly from Scott DeMollin. So you just heard it, has worked with some of the top leaders. And one person that I know is using both of these principles for success is Julie May. And Julie, I love, I've, I've watched you teach a couple of different times now. I absolutely love how you teach both of these principles too and how you teach people how to be unique. So um, can you share what you share in your presentations about being different and being unique? Absolutely, because I agree. This is one of the most important things in business. And like you guys were talking about, being unique does not mean you go out and try and reinvent the wheel and do things completely different because guess what? There are totally systems that work. Uh, So this is what I teach about it that I totally believe. It's called the Dr. Seuss method, okay? Dr. Seuss was one of actually the 
best-selling children's author of all time by a long shot. So three times mm-hmm. as many books as J.K. Rowling, which kind of puts it in perspective a little bit. But what he does that's genius that we can learn from is he, he knows literature. He knows language. He knows all of those things, but he uses it and tweaks it just a little bit to make everything he does different. So if you read a Dr. Seuss book, a lot of times he'll even have a little bit of made-up words in there, but they follow the patterns of language and the rules for what we accept well enough that we accept them as words, right? And Mm -hmm. that kind of sets him apart from what everyone else did in children's literature. His, His artistic styling is completely different, but, you know, it still follows the rules to a point. And that's kind of what I say about producing events or doing anything in business, you need to study the greats that are out there, study the systems, know them in and out, know what works. But then you bring your own personality, your own stylings, and just tweak it enough so that you're following the rules of what works, but in a way that shines exactly what your gifts are to the world. I love that, and I, I want to. I, I kind of want to bring it home here for just a minute, and I want both your feedback, Julie, as well as yours, Scott, on this. Y- you know, for me, when I was first getting started on events, I really had no idea what I was doing, um, and I got lucky in some places, and, you know, because of my natural gifts and talents, I think I was good at some things, but I've learned a whole lot about that. For somebody who's just barely getting started. You mentioned a couple of things, Julie, that I would like to touch on. And one is studying the greats in your field. Where do you go to do that? How do you do that? And how do you decide or determine who to look for is my first question. And and then my second question is, you've described, you know, talked to us about the importance of making it unique, but how do you discover the uniqueness and what you have to offer? How did you decide to do that? So actually, Scott, I'm going to have you answer that first. Uh, you know, where do you go to start searching and looking um, to find great events that are in your field? And then how, how do you discover those talents or those uniquenesses within you that you can bring to your own event? Yeah, it's a great question, Allison. Um, I have a saying, it's called be prepared or be scared. And the, the saying is related to, if you look up, you know, the, the statistic says that people would, if, if they're going to a funeral, they're so afraid of speaking in public that they'd rather be in the coffin than delivering the eulogy. <laughs> so it's to have this inherent fear. So the question is, where did we get it? If you look up fear in the dictionary, it says that we're, we're about to do something or embark on something or, uh, that we don't feel prepared for. So the short answer is to get prepared, to find a coach, find a mentor, find a program that allows you to develop it because let's face it, when we were kids and we had to get up on Monday morning and give our book report or get in front of the class and talk about our science fair projects, kids are mean. They gave us a hard time and we had this negative association to speaking in groups. And the truth is, as I said earlier, it's the most inexpensive and most leveraged way for you to make money in your business, whether it's lunch and learns or open houses for healthcare or whatever. You, you want to take advantage of it. In our boot camps, you know, one of the things we do I, is to get people up in front and master their opening. Because if you master your opening and you're comfortable with your opening, then it's easy to continue. But if you get up and you know that old saying is you don't have a second chance to make a first impression, if you start off nervous and, and frenetic and, and you, have, you stumble on your words, that 
is the, 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 the trend for the rest of the speech. So you want to start strong so you can finish strong. I really like that. You know, I had to laugh as you were talking about that because I have a mentor who has taught me a lot about event production and the speaking world. And it's so funny because time and time again, um, he has proved himself right. And I'm a little bit stubborn and I think, no, you can't be right about that. Or I'm just going to try this a different way. And every single time he's right about that and I keep thinking to myself you know why don't why don't I just listen to him and oftentimes I do but but you're exactly right find somebody who's ahead of you and listen to them they've been there they've done that and of course I always say there's two ways you can learn by counsel or by consequence I'd much rather learn by counsel it's usually a lot faster and even if you're paying a mentor it usually ends up being a lot less expensive than uh, learning by consequence over and over again so, Julie, what's, what's your advice to somebody who, who's just getting started? How, how do they find events to emulate, and uh, how do they make them really unique in their own? So that's a great question. So I, I just recommend starting to go to events that you enjoy. So see what's out there. Start to go. Uh, that's what I started to do. I started to go to events in our area, and there were a couple that were significantly better than all the other events. Uh, significantly better in content, in production, in the way they ran. They would have more attendees there. And I thought to myself, hey, these guys, these guys know what they're doing here. And I knew really early on that I wanted to be in that space where I was going to be in the production and putting on the entire event myself. Um, not everyone is in that space, but I knew really early on that's what I wanted to do. So I started getting a relationship with them. I would go and speak on their stages. Uh, when I found somebody who was just like totally knocking it out of the park at every single event, I hired them to mentor me through coaching and getting my own events going. And so that's kind of my advice is get out there, see what's going on, notice patterns, see, you know, whose events do you enjoy? What do you like about them? What don't you like about them? Um, who is really knocking it out of the park every single time and what can you learn from them and how can you form a relationship with them? So I think this whole business and how we help other people is forming relationships with these people. So that's my, uh, my best advice on that one is, is get out there, check it out, find out who the rock stars are in, in your area. And, and you don't want to be forming a relationship with them as far as just what can you get out of it, okay? That's another mistake I see frequently. You know what? If you're going to form a relationship with somebody in business, I really recommend you're out there saying, what can you do to serve them? How can we make this a relationship where, you know, we're serving each other? And I think you're going to get a lot further in business that way. Yeah, you know, I really like what you had to say. And what's so interesting is before I got into the event world, I would go to these different events and some were definitely better than others, but it didn't, I didn't really calculate why is this event better? What are the little details? What's everything that they're doing that makes this event so amazing versus what you know, what doesn't make it amazing, you know, those events that you go to and you just think, well, that was a huge waste of my time and money. So as I got more into the event world, I started paying attention to all the little details, everything that was done to make the event a success. And in the end, it all came down to one thing, and that was the attendee was the number one priority. Me coming to that event, I felt special from the moment I walked in the door until the moment I left. 
And I think that I've been able to use that principle now in other areas of my life as well, with my clients, with my children, with my family. If you can put the focus on somebody else and really make them feel special and like they're your main priority and your main focus, then they're going to have a great experience. So that's, oh, that's definitely totally something agree. that I've learned. So, yeah. Okay, so Julie, tell me too, just to wrap this up, uh, how do you find that uniqueness within you? What if somebody's out there saying, well, I don't really have anything unique to offer? What guidance would you give them on, on developing or finding that unique piece that would make their event different from somebody else's? So that's, I get people that say that all the time. They're like, I don't know what, what makes me different. When I'm coaching with somebody, the first thing we do is we start to look through things that they find easy that other people may not find easy. So we, uh, we start to go through, okay, so if we're going through this part process, what parts of this process seem really, really easy to you and what parts seem hard? The parts that are probably really easy to them might show them what their gifts and talents are. It might be their organizational skills. And, you know, that is part of an event. If you are crazy organized and the production portion of your event is spot on, that makes a difference to people. Or maybe their communication is really amazing and they're thinking, oh, you know what, I find it so easy to just get out and communicate and really reach people, that's going to set them apart. So oh, I love that idea. Make a list of what you do right. That's what's going to help your event be unique. Coming up next, we're going to hear Julie May's story. It's an incredible story of how she literally went. We're also going to talk more with Scott. I'm going to ask him what some of his favorite experiences are and what he's learned from, from those uh, rock stars that he's worked with. So stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. 
Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. I am so privileged to be spotlighting Julie May and Scott DeMullen today. And our show today is all about events, speaking, and communicating. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do this for the kickoff show of our entire program is because I've worked with so many speakers out there who get so frustrated. Um, They're speaking on other people's stages all the time. It's really not always their ideal audience. Um, And they really struggle. And I've seen several of them move into doing their own events. And one of the great things about doing your own events is you get your ideal audience there. Uh, you are in control of how many people are there. You're in control of who's there. And you're in control of the stage. So you know exactly how long you have and what you're going to be able to, to sell or to share from stage. So event production is a great thing to learn about if you're thinking about uh, really reaching your ideal audience more than think about holding your own event. So, Julie May, you're one of the experts on this in event production, but your story about how you got into this is kind of unique, and I want you to share that with our audience. Is that okay? Yeah, I would love to. So, we're going to go back just a little bit before, you know, I was even speaking, because most of the people start with, I was speaking on stages, and then I wanted to do something more. But I want to tell you why I wanted to speak on stages in the first place. Would that be all right? Yeah. Please. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So this gets a little emotional for me. Sorry. So a few years ago, I had had this daughter. We actually have seven kids, but I had this one daughter who uh, was really struggling. And she has bipolar depression. And she, the doctors actually gave her uh, a medication that was not working right for her. So it was kind of making things get worse instead of better. And she got to a place where she was on the edge of committing suicide on a daily basis. And uh, we actually didn't, we knew she had gotten pretty bad, but didn't know it was that bad until we were just hanging out at home one day. We were about to go to sleep. It was like 1130 at night. It was really late. And we had this really loud knock at the door. I thought it was one of the kids friends because we had this house full of teenagers and I was just going to ignore it and go back to sleep because that's kind of what I thought it was. But anyway, it persisted and persisted. We got up, I threw a robe on, went to the door and it was a police officer. Actually, there was two of them there. And they told me that they had had one of my daughter's friends call in saying that she was actually planning to kill herself that night. She was waiting for us to go to bed and they were there to save her life. And we got there. We went in her room. We were there just in time. She was there on the bed with all of the, uh, all of the things to do what she was going to do. And we had a long talk. And basically, it came down to the fact that she was really critical, and I needed to be with her every moment of the day and find a way for her to create joy in her life and to find some sort of peace so that she would feel like living again. And that became my purpose from that moment on. And we did. We found some great tools for her. 
we got her on the right medication. Uh, a lot of people don't believe in medication for things, but for her, that was one of the things. We got her nutrition. We got her out in the sun. We got her exercise. We came up with all of these tools to help save her life. And I wanted to share those tools with as many people as possible because that you never know whose life you're going to save with these things. You just don't. And I started speaking on other people's pages, just trying to get this message out that life is worth living, that you can have joy. There's things we can do to help you. However, I would go to this huge event, 1,000 people in, in the event, and sometimes I would get to my classroom and there would be five people in there. And I was grateful to help those five people, but I wanted my message to be bigger than that and to help more people than that. And so in all honesty, I sat down and I just prayed one day, you know, how, what can I do to help this message get out to all the people I need to reach? And the answer was to create my own event. And so we created the Joyful Living Women's Conference to teach women and teenagers how to create joy in their lives and how to share that with other people. It wasn't just about reaching the people in our audience. We wanted a ripple effect. We wanted them to go home, help their families have joy, help their friends have joy, teach these tools to as many people as they can. And by doing that, See how many lives we could save. And the funny thing is, is okay, it's not really a funny story, but it, looking back on it, right after, right after my daughter had this problem, both my husband and I lost our job. So we came into doing this from a place of being bankrupt and having no jobs. We actually lost our house, and we were trying to deal with this daughter who, who was struggling. And we figured out some pretty freaking awesome ways that you could put on a huge event with incredible attendance. We had over 300 people at our first event on basically no money. So it's and super I, fun I want to, to mention my too that now. you also you also live in a town, a very small town, of less than yes. 10,000 people in the middle of nowhere, Utah. So for any of yes. those of you who have put on events before, having an event with 300 people is quite an accomplishment. And I've been to several of your events, Julie, and there are hundreds of people there, and there are dozens and dozens of vendors there as well. So you, you yes. really do put on amazing events. I love that your why was good. You were in the right place, and I think... Sometimes we experience this opposition or this rock bottom before we make these huge strides in our life. It's like whenever we're going to do something positive, I think the universe or God gives us an opportunity to experience some struggles and some negativity, or maybe that's just uh, the way that we get on the right path, <laughs> you know, that we get on our, our life mission path is that we have some kind of obstacle that blocks us from going down the path that we currently are on. So I'm glad that you did that. And I'm so impressed with how you took your experience and you said, okay, this was a hard experience for me. I learned something. Now I want to help teach other people about what I learned. And not only that, but you decided to go big. And this is the thing I love about events. This is the thing I love about TV. This is the thing I love about radio. And that is how many people or how long would it take for you to speak one-on-one with a million people? And yet you can stand on a stage and you can share your message one time and reach hundreds of people. You can go on a radio program like this and you can share your story and you can inspire thousands of people. 
you can go on a TV show and you can share your experience and you can inspire millions. So I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for that. And um, what, one other thing, too, that I, I think is a common frustration, and I have to say I relate to you about the, the event where you would go and have five people in the audience because you and I come from the same speaking world. We kind of started speaking in the same place, and I had similar experiences. And one of my biggest frustrations was I felt like I had this amazing content, this message that literally could change people's lives. And for you, it was could save people's lives. And it was like, no matter how hard I was trying to get it out there, it was like I was trying to force this amazing thing onto other people. But once I got on the right stages, once I got the right people in my audience, then they were the people that recognized that as such a valuable gift. Instead of trying to force feed it to them, they were now coming to me. They were seeing the value of that. So... I love how you described that in your story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, by the way, how's your daughter doing now? You know, she is amazing. She's actually going to speak at my next conference and sharing her stories and how she learned to overcome. So we're super excited. She's doing amazing. Oh, very good. Well, I'm glad. I'm so glad to hear that, Julian. And I'm so glad that you you gambled um, on the event world and that you won. And speaking of gambling, Scott. I know that you've got a story that you wanted to tell us about Las Vegas. Well, yeah, and it's not so much the story about Las Vegas, uh, Allison, but it is about the metaphor of Las Vegas. And it was interesting because when Julie was telling her story, my guess is the listeners on this show have a business, they have a product, they have a cause, or they have a message that they want to share, that they want to develop, they want to grow, that they want to live passionately with. And the challenge is that if you look at statistics, 55% of businesses fail in the first four years. And that's even higher for certain industries like, well, speaking, restaurants, things like that. So here's what's interesting. In Las Vegas, people fly to Las Vegas in a big hurry to gamble, as you just mentioned. And they, they, mm-hmm. they, they, pay, they tip the cab extra to run them to the blackjack table, put down their money, and, and they don't even go to the room to check in. They want to get into the game as quickly as possible. And here's the challenge. Most people don't prepare. They don't even learn the basics of playing blackjack. For example, you, you, if you were going to play blackjack, you should learn the basic strategy. You should learn how to count cards. You should learn how to manage your money. You should learn casino awareness. You should learn team play. Now, why do you think I know those things? Because I live here and it helps. <laughs> so the same, is, the same is often true with speaking, is that most speakers and most business owners who want to get into speaking to, as you mentioned, leverage their message with a larger audience. They don't even know the anatomy of a speech. So if you don't know what you don't know, this is a chance for you to step in and say, okay, what is it that I want to leave my audience with? And it's not what your product is. It's not how it works. It's the feeling that you leave your audience with. And that's why you want to shift from storytelling or talking about your product or service and move into what we call story selling. And that's when your audience is learning when they don't even know they're learning. They're learning through listening to your story. And you now become an entertaining educator as opposed to just an expert. Because people aren't as enamored with an expert as much as they are an expert with a message that moves them forward closer to their goals. And it was funny because I was uh, asked to speak at at Tony Robbins' Business Mastery Program in Melbourne, in, in Australia. 
and uh, two of us uh, who were would be another dear friend of mine. And this guy that I went with is really smart. I mean, he Allison is three to five times smarter than I. The guy's got a couple degrees. He he sleeps like three hours a night, and he spends the rest of that time investing his, in his intellect and contributing to his clients. We both had the opportunity to speak. Now he had gotten up on stage, and he he really created massive value. He was, you know, almost, you know, but the challenge was it was too much logic and too much about what he was going to share with them. Ironically, mm-hmm. I got up on stage shortly thereafter and shared some stories and some metaphors and some exercises and we engaged the audience, got them excited and didn't give nearly as much, quote unquote, hardcore value, but we left the audience feeling inspired, motivated, and compelled to take action. And when I got off stage, it was funny because there was a line of people waiting to talk to me, and my friend goes, I don't get it. He goes, I gave them all this great content. All you did was tell some stories, and yet everybody wanted to enroll with you. And that's, that's when you understand the anatomy of a speech. You want to create massive rapport. You, you want to be a trusted expert or authority, not just an expert with information. And once you engage them, once, you, once they feel that trust, and you leave them with a feeling that they want to do something about it, as Julie just mentioned, now it's exciting to see that her daughter is actually going out and sharing her message to, to, um, you know, with, a root, with, a, with a cause, with an outcome. So you want to leave them with a feeling, and that really is what's going to move them to take action. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, the, the interesting thing about today's age is that we can get almost any information on the Internet. I have yet to go to yeah. an event where a speaker tells me something, you know, content-wise, factual-wise, that I cannot find on my own on the Internet. So why do I go and listen to somebody? Why? It's because how I learn is through their stories, and I get inspired. It's that speaker and that speech that really motivates me, that helps me to learn, that drives me, rather than just the content. So I love how you put that. And really, you know, what it comes down to, too, nobody wants a lecture. I read a statistic one time. And, it, it, you know, since it's a statistic, I probably won't remember it very well, and you'll see why in a moment. But it said after a presentation, about 80, so the, the audience was asked two questions. One first question was, do you remember the stories that were told during the presentation? Now, 89% of the audience could recite the stories, the gist of the stories, almost word for word in some cases, the stories. Now, when asked if they remembered the statistics given, during the speech, only 3% of the audience could recite or give back the exact statistics. So people really do learn by stories, and you as a speaker are the catalyst for that learning through your stories and through your teaching. So I really like how you said that. And one thing I know that you're really good at, Scott, and I, I want everybody to get out their pens and pieces of paper now because you're going to give us some key ingredients to be a successful speaker. And you've just given us one powerful ingredient, but what are your other key ingredients to become that powerful speaker on stage to really move your audience? Because even if you hold your own event and it's your ideal audience, if you can't move them to action, that it's not going to be a great event. 
Yeah, there's a couple key points. One is, uh, and you just mentioned it, and that is that selling is the transference of emotion, and you can't give away what you don't have. So you have to, you have to incorporate the feeling part of it because that's what you're going to leave them with. We have a, a saying called enrolled, not sold. Your audience doesn't want to be sold. They want to be enrolled. They want to be part of the solution and or uh, get a solution from you. Um, another one is called impress with less. And I believe that, that brevity is power, that the, the less you say more powerfully, the more likely you're going to leave them with something. So if you give them a wow statement, you give them a trend that's enlightening or makes a light bulb go off and causes them to think or get curious, even better. Uh, another powerful technique is called ask, don't tell. And what we mean by that is <clears throat> most speakers are presenters, they're sharing information. You really want to be a persuader. And the way you do that is to engage your audience through questioning techniques. So instead of presenting a statement and saying, here's what you need to know, you ask it in a form of a question. Would you benefit by knowing this? And you can do test closes by, is that important? Can you see the value? Does this make sense? And it's almost like a train going down a track that every now and then you want to stop at the, at the station to let your audience on the train so they can go on that journey with you. And you do that by um, doing test closes, by checking in with them to make sure they're nodding their head, they're staying engaged, and they're more likely to be with you at the end of the journey when you go asking for your call to action. So hopefully those are a couple tips that will help. Yeah. I really like that. So enrolled, not sold, impressed with less. And uh, Scott, you know, one of the things that, uh, that, I've, that I've heard recently that I really agree with, and I've done a lot of panels and I've worked with a lot of speakers through the Speakers Coalition, and that is wise people know how to make complex things simple. Yes. And as a speaker, the most effective speakers... And the most effective panelists are those that can say the most with the fewest words. And so I really liked that one, and that was very impactful for me. So if any of you are working on speaking, if any of you are looking to get on stage, whether it be your own stage or somebody else's stage, what are those key phrases? What are those impactful things that you can say um, with the fewest amount of words? So speaking of that, I'm going to give you just a minute to think about it. Before we go to commercial, I want you, Scott, to leave us with one of those key pieces of wisdom, and Julie, for you to leave us with one, too. Um, you've been sharing them all throughout this, this whole radio show, but, but leave our audience with one on the commercial break. And then when we come back, I'm going to be telling you how you can get free products from both Scott and both Julie both Scott and Julie, and then also me. So three, three bowls. I don't know how I was trying to say that. But you're going to get something free from all of us. So you definitely want to stick around. Not only are you going to get more great content, but you're going to find out how you can get free things from all of us that will help you grow your events and your speaking business. So, Scott, what's your, your piece of wisdom that you're going to leave us with on this commercial break? Um, I would say uh, tell the truth faster. And that just means that, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're sharing content that is of value, that is, uh, you know, contributing to your audience, um, and it's, it's real. I mean, people, there's a saying that Emerson said, who you are, speak so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. So make sure that you do the practice, drill, and rehearse necessary to show up on stage as the real deal and not someone who's pumping or going through the motions and hoping for a great outcome. Love it. Julie? So my bit of advice is to find the right way to do it the first time. So people say practice makes perfect. It 
perfect, it doesn't. Practice makes permanent. So the more mm-hmm. you're practicing doing events or speaking, how about, you know, find an expert in speaking, in doing events. Learn how to do it right the first time. So every time you do it, it gets better and better so that when practice makes permanence, it's awesome. I love it. So leaving you with key pieces of wisdom, more to come, and freebies. Don't go anywhere. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. What is the real social impact that those in the entertainment industry are making? Indie Vision Radio with host Scott C. Brown, the founder of the Indie Vision Project and Maxit Magazine, is a personal conversation about their work in the industry and the impact they're having on humanity. From world health to world peace, you're given a true behind-the-scenes look at what those working in the indie realm are doing to make a positive influence on the world. On the Influencers Channel, tune in to Indie Vision Radio, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to elevate yourself and your business to the next level. What are the secrets of business success? Discover them on Key Entrepreneurs of Influence with your host, Kieran Sweeney. Find out who the business owners are that stand out in their respective industries and what they can teach you. The program contains valuable advice that can cost thousands through a professional consultant. Key Entrepreneurs of Influence can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back. Today we are spotlighting the fabulous Scott DeMullen and the wonderful Julie May, both experts in their fields on holding events, on communicating, and on speaking. Well, I've already taken, I was just telling them during commercial break, I've already taken pages of notes so far on what they've said. Uh, you know, so, so many great pieces of information here, you guys. Thank you so much for being on the show. And Scott, I, I want to I ask you, I mean, of all the things um, and all the people you've worked with and everybody you've seen, what would be your one piece of advice for speakers on growing their business? We have a lot of speakers listening, and I think that's the biggest frustration I see is they've got great messages, but how do they grow their business? Well, I'm going to answer that question with a question, Allison. My question to the audience and the listeners would be, do you want to look good or do you want to be good? 
And there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people have such a, an animosity towards speaking because they're worried about how they're going to look or sound. Your job is not to look good or sound good. Your job is to produce a result. And one of the best ways to do that is obviously, you know, as, as Julie referred to, is the practice drill and rehearse to make sure you're prepared. Um, the other one is to be very strategic. And I know we have some business owners listening in as well. And I really believe that if you can shift how you think about your audience and you can customize your presentation, it's great to have a signature talk, but you need to customize it to your audience. If you understand their needs and wants and doubts and fears, now you can tug at their heartstrings. Now you can bring in the emotion. I'll give you an example. I had a, a, a contracting company who was um, selling uh, a homeowners associations on painting their buildings. Now, it doesn't sound like a real sexy industry, but we shifted their business presentation, a very logical presentation on here's the paint we use, here's how we prep, here's how we protect your landscaping, all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't getting the point across. They were averaging deals in the $300,000, $350,000 range. What we did is we shifted the focus a little bit. We said, we're going to have you not speak to the homeowners first. We're going to have you go to the property management companies that represent these homeowner associations. And then strategically, instead of buying them lunch and saying, and bribing them with lunch, with these lunch and loans and saying how great you are, shift the message to, here are the most five, here are the five most common complaints that property managers get from homeowner associations. Now what you're doing is you're shifting to a strategic presentation that shifts the focus to you as an expert sharing information and authority shifting information or sharing information as opposed to trying to sell them or, or get them to, to, to buy. So I think it's very important that if you, as Julie mentioned earlier, focus on your audience's needs and wants and customize by investing a little time and effort to do your research and homework up front. Talk to a cross-section of the participants so you know their objections, you know their needs, you know their wants, you know their fears, and that is going to separate you from every other generic or stock presentation out there in the marketplace. Hopefully that's a help. Yeah, I really like that. You know, as you bring that up, there's something that I present on quite a bit. It's called the five P's of a powerful presentation. And one of the P's and the second P is, is know their pain or their problem. If you don't know your audience's pain or their problem, then they probably won't be willing to invest in the solution with you. Um, what it comes down to is people are willing to invest in solutions for their problems, and if they don't see that problem, then they won't invest in the solution. So I really like how you brought that up and uh, in, in getting to know your audience. So, Scott, tell us a little bit more about what you're doing in the world today and how you're working with people. These These components have been so... Uh, powerful that you've brought to the table today, and I'm sure there's speakers listening right now that want to know how they can work with you. Um, thanks for the invite, Allison. And, and yeah, there's you know for 30 years we've been in the speaking and training business, and for the last 15 we focused on high-end business consulting. And the one key ingredient, <laughs> as I mentioned before, which is the most inexpensive and the most leveraged way to grow your business, is to be able to speak to groups. So um, we haven't done any public programs for about 10 years, and my wife Dallas and I have had so many requests to return to the public market. Is that on July 19th and 20th we're doing a um, a, a present or excuse me a boot camp, if you will, not so much a boot camp. It's an intro event called Engage from the Stage, and it's how to master your message and make a difference and elevate your income, impact, and influence. So that's going to be July 19th through the 21st here in Las Vegas, 
And if you want to know more about that, you can go to EngageFromTheStage.com. But I also want to give the listeners a, a free gift as well. So if you go to EngageFromTheStage.com forward slash tips, T-I-P-S, we're going to give you the 12 most common mistakes to avoid when speaking to groups or audiences, uh, whether you're selling, whether you're sharing a message, whether you're enrolling your audience. These are some of the most common mistakes. So it's a special report there talking about the 12 most common mistakes to avoid. There's actually 13, so we'll call it a baker's dozen. But these are the things you want to stay away from. That Some are very well-known and some aren't. So um, feel free to download that. That's our gift to you for listening in today, and we appreciate the opportunity to contribute to your audience, Allison. Thank you very much. Great. Well, and I, I look forward to that event, Engage from the Stage, uh, July 19th and 20th. Are those the right dates, Scott? At 19th through the 21st. To the 21st. July. Okay. And I'm going to give you an easier way to get that, too. If you text the word spotlight right now, pull out your phone, text the word spotlight to 21777. Again, that's spotlight to 21777. You're going to get that link to get that free report from Scott. You're going to get Julie's free gift, which I'll have her tell you about in just a minute. And you're also going to get a gift from me, which is the ticket to the Spirit Summit. Now, the Spirit Summit is going to be next month, June 17th in L.A., and it's a summit uh, specifically geared towards uh, nonprofits and charities. And we're gathering together socially conscious leaders, uh, speakers, and people that really want to make a difference in the world. It's a one-day event. We're going to have charities there. We're going to have nonprofits there. We're going to have motivational speakers there, inspiring you from stage. And we're also going to bring in some people from some transitional homes um, where they're going to come. They're going to be inspired right along with us. And these are people who definitely are in that transitional phrase in their life and needing some inspiration. So you'll get the free ticket. You'll get Julie's uh, free gift, which I'll have her tell you about. And you'll also get Scott's uh, report by texting SPOTLIGHT, not case-sensitive, to 21777. So thank you so much for being with us, Scott. Uh, Julie, you have, and, and I've been waiting, uh, been waiting on this, three key components that are crucial for your first event. And I want to end with this because I think that there are a lot of people out there listening right now. I, I mean, they're, they're going, how do I even start? What do I even do? How do I get going on my first event? So give us those three key components. Perfect. Okay. First key component we've talked about before, be unique. You're going to study for um, the greatest in your field, and then you're going to find a way to let your light shine through your event in a unique way. So I'm not going to go over that one too much more because we've talked about it. The second one is scheduling. This is probably the biggest mistake I see first-time event planners have is they schedule it on a weekend that's good for them, but they don't see all the other things that are happening around them. So you need to know your community, know what's going on in your area. Uh, I'll tell a little story about this huge event we have in my area that's called Holly Days where kids come and there's games and food and a lot of people would say an event like that has nothing to do with, you know, what I produce. So I produce women's conferences, so it doesn't matter. It does because 8,000 out of 10,000 people who live here go to that event. So you need to know what's kind of happening in your area and don't schedule it on the same weekend as some big event, even if it has nothing to do with what you're doing, because it makes it just harder to do things like get hotels, get a space to present. All of those things make it harder, and it's just easier to work around those things. We call it don't commit 
scheduling suicide, don't do it. Third one is have an amazing team around you. Scott talked about having those key people in your life that you need to make relationships with that are going to help you grow and learn and become better. That's going to be part of your team. Your team's going to include people like your speakers. Okay, so at our first event, I was a nobody from a nowhere town of 10,000 people. Nobody knew who I am. Who am I to put on my first event? Well, we put on a fantastic event because we had a huge, amazing team. I teamed <laughs> up with some incredible speakers who had a great following in our area. And when we worked together, it lifted the entire event up. So your speakers, have amazing speakers. Get coaches that are going to show you all the right things to do to help you be more successful. But having that team together is going to really help you be crazy successful that first time out. Okay, I'm going to add a bonus onto this because those are all really great uh, components. But here's the last one. Hire somebody like Julie May to help you. Now, Julie, you've got an online program. You also help a select few people in person to be able to produce killer events. So how can somebody get a hold of you? Yes, I do. Well, you know, it's funny because I, I didn't really plan on doing that, but then people would start reaching out and, like, they would be producing their events and going, we, we just had an event and only 25 people showed up and everything went wrong and how do you help me? And, and so we helped more and more people and, and we came up with an incredible system, an online program to help people learn through getting their first event produced. So here's some ways you can reach me. We have... I want to offer a couple of different things in the realm hey, of you have to go speedy fast though because we got like one minute. So give us give us the one minute. Give us the okay. speedy version. So, okay, short version. Uh, come to our two day seminar in Salt Lake City. It's called the Seminar Success Summit. We're going to have all of the experts in different areas: marketing, event planning. You know how to fill your room, how to do high ticket sales from the stage, how to have an amazing presentation. All the things you need to produce an event. All in one space, two days, September 28th and 29th. Find us at thesuccesssummit.com. And I also want to invite people to come find joy at the Joyful Living Women's Conference. That's our flagship event. The next one is going to be August 11th and 12th. You can find us on joyfullivingconference.com. Great. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to both of those events. Hopefully, I'll be able to attend at least one of them. I've been to your Joyful Living conferences before, and I'm really excited about the Success Summit as well. Okay, so we've already heard from Scott. We're going to get a great free report from him that's going to help you be able to grow your business as a speaker. You're going to get a free ticket to the to the Spirit Summit. I almost said your event. <laughs> I thought I'd give away a free ticket to your $1,000 event, Julie. Uh, you're going to get a free <laughs> ticket to the Spirit Summit by texting Spotlight to 2177. And Julie, what's your free gift that you're giving away? We're giving away the 10 keys for simplifying your business and increasing productivity. One of the things we noticed when we were first working with people was they would say, oh, I'd love to do that, but I don't have time. Okay, when I first started, I'd just gotten a new job. I went back to school, and I was doing my own business. I was working like a million hours, and what we found was you need to simplify. Simplify these great working advice. chunks. It's great, great advice. Tool. So learn how to simplify. Text 21777. Uh, you're going to put the word 
spotlight in that's not case sensitive. It's been a privilege to have both Scott DeMullen and Julie May on the show today. If there's one takeaway that I learned uh, from today's show is, hey, don't let your fear stop you. Um, we've all been given experiences. We've all been given gifts. Let's use those to really share messages with the world and uh, be a lighthouse. Uh, really shine for the world, whether it be through your own events, whether it be through TV, radio, book, whether it be in your home with your children. Just make sure you show up and shine every day. This is Allison Larson, and you've been listening to Spotlight. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.